We are here for our second ever taping of Today I Learned, which is super exciting. Why, you may ask? Well, we get to learn shit. That's the whole point. We learn shit. So uh, we are going to switch over. We have our guest waiting patiently, uh, Mecca Guy, who will be uh, talking to us about rhythm games, which is actually, he, he messaged me and asked me about it and said, Would I, could I talk about this? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, talk to me about that. Let's learn about some rhythm games. What what, what are we what are we gonna learn about today? So super exciting. So thank you, Mega Guy, first off for being here. Oh wait a second, you're muted. You're muted. There we go. There we go. Okay, hold on. All right, sorry about that. It's okay. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Glad to have you. Hold on. Let me find the right scene here. I don't know what scene it was put under. Forgive me. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Fast and loose here. Fast and loose. That's right. That, that's what we do here. We just kind of figure it out as we go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. So, but yeah, at least uh, take this opportunity to introduce yourself. Where can we find you? Um, I know you have a huge Twitter presence. Talk to us about you. I wouldn't say huge Twitter presence, uh, but I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, uh, I'm Leonardo. Uh, I go by Mecha Guy in pretty much everything online from PSN, Twitch. So I'm very easy to find. Uh, I mainly play rhythm games. Uh, have been since most of my gaming life. Um, I I mean I started way back you know, nineteen eighty nine. I played Mario on the NES. So so wait, nineteen eighty nine? So oh my goodness, how old were you at that point? I was about four. Oh, okay, I'm, so that's about right. Yeah, that's I'm, about right. Yeah. I'm 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 old, so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean like, you know, music has been integral to my entire life, you know, growing up in Miami. You can't escape anything concerning music Oof. But, uh, oh. sorry my dog she decided she wanted to let her know her opinion on that <laughs> oh, it's okay. there we go we finally found the scene okay here we go <laughs> so yes you've been playing for quite some time if you were four years old at that point um so i guess let's start here i'm looking into i have my a little reference sheet i'm sorry because i you're the expert not me so it's okay um but so we have it says here that it's it's not just um to dance it's not just rhythm games aren't just exclusively dance so uh i know like one of my favorites was parappa the rapper that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites but um how how would you say the evolution of music uh, rhythm games uh where would you say they started and how do you feel like they've evolved and what was like some of the groundbreaking progressions in uh rhythm games well i mean music has always been rooted in technology uh you know with synthesizer mm-hmm. uh, but uh yeah parappa was probably the first uh game that based its mechanics around rhythm uh and I know I played that, you know, the demo when that came out years ago. 
And since then, it's just kicked off this entire boom of games concerning music as the core mechanic. Because uh, not a year after Parappa came out, uh, Enix came out with a game called Buster Groove. Mm-hmm. And that uh, was more focused on just, you know, getting patterns down in a certain time. But it was very music-based. Uh, so after that, you know, uh, Parappa got a spinoff with um, Jammer Lammy. Uh, then around that time, that's when Konami uh, decided to get into the music game scene mm-hmm. with uh, Beat Mania. Mm-hmm. And that was a DJ simulation game. Uh, kind of similar if you're familiar more with Guitar Hero, where you just have to press keys and you make music. Mm-hmm. But uh, that really kind of set off an explosion uh, for interest in uh, music games, especially in arcades. Because that's where uh, most of it uh, really proliferated. Okay. So if that... That's definitely was actually kind of where I was going to lead to is that I know that um, especially in like you'll see teenage sitcoms or something like that. Um, they will uh, you'll see the kids playing DDR at the arcade or um, even actually in modern anime as well. You'll see a lot of the kids go to the arcade and play DDR. Um, so it's definitely a, a game that shows no bounds to culture. Um, which I feel has definitely led into the popularity of of the rhythm game uh, movement is that it's not defined by a language. It's it's music. Oh yeah, like it's it's you know with DDR especially, it's been featured in in pop culture, especially in the U.S. through many different mediums. I mean, you can you can cite like you know Malcolm in the Middle had a DDR episode. They sure King did. Of the Hill had one. <laughs> Uh, even recently, you know, we had movies that, you know, focus around video games, like, uh, Grandma's Boy, they had a scene with DDR in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's definitely penetrated, you know, the social consciousness within the U.S. Um, in fact, right now, uh, Konami is producing a DDR movie. Really? Yeah, it's crazy to think about that, you know, this day we have a DDR movie, but you consider, you know, we are gonna be watching detective pikachu in theaters in a few days but let's be real though (laughs) detective pikachu like that at least you could still kind of get a story from that i guess the question is is what 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 would be kind of the story on the ddr movie are they basing it on how ddr was made or are they Mm -hmm. doing it kind of like a step up where it's people competing in ddr like that's Mm -hmm. my question well, uh, from what they have uh, allowed to uh, talk about, they said that it's going to be like this dystopian future kind of situation mm-hmm. where music will solve everyone's problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of the direction what they're going in, which is funny because there's already a DDR movie based around that mm-hmm. called um, The FP, which is a crazy uh, cult classic uh movie about a dystopian future where everything is solved through a dance dance revolution game right um but yeah it's it's they're definitely taking liberties with the game uh to make a movie out of it i mean you know it's surprising but 
I, I feel like they kind of did the same thing with Resident Evil. I mean, Resident Evil was a game, and then they made it into a movie. And then now, I feel like you kind of think of more of the movie before you think of a game anymore. Like, just how culture has shifted in that sense. So, um, I'm definitely seeing in the... Uh, the homebound DDR versus arcade bound DDR. So what um, what would you say? I mean, besides the obvious advantages of being in public versus being in the private of your own home, um, do you see that there's a benefit to practicing on in either of these locations or like if you are just trying to get better or what 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 do you do? I guess. What do you prefer? Well, um. Obviously, the the big difference between uh, home uh, console versions and arcade is the the pad itself, mm-hmm. which is you know the most unique thing about uh, music games in general is usually the interface that you play the game with. Right. And DDR uses a metal pad that has the four arrows, and that's really hard to replicate at home without throwing down some serious cash. So it's either if you practice at home, you're just going to have these pads that are made out of plastic and foam. And it's not quite the same as the arcade experience, but (laughs) it's at least a good basis Mm -hmm. simply because it gets your body uh, accustomed to doing certain things like even just using your body in general. Uh, Right. Because DDR is a very, you know, taxing game on your body. True, but it's great for workout and fitness as well. So, almost oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, actually, I know one of our resident friends, Doom, was saying that he's starting to do DDR for fitness. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually got him into that because um, currently we do have a DDR Ace machine, which is what well, was the most recent version, but they just came out with uh, Dance Dance Revolution A20, mm-hmm. which is a play on their 20th anniversary of ddr okay so um you know it's you know they're still supporting it they're still pumping out games wow and it's ddr hold on let me look at my notes here sorry (laughs) (laughs) but uh let's see i'm trying to think ddr has been around it says 1998 so that's a for them to still be offering developer support and to still be pumping out new music and new tracks i mean new graphics i would assume too because i mean i got tired of playing guitar hero one and liked going to guitar hero three because of the new graphics and the new stuff that they offer so most definitely yeah so go ahead yeah, no, because I mean, like, you know, with each version, they always try to improve it. I mean, the big first big jump was around fifth mix when they went from 30 frames per second to 60. Mm-hmm. And then from DDR, I want to say X mm-hmm. is when they jumped from standard definition to high def. Mm-hmm. So, and so they're always constantly trying. Do you find it easier now that it's in higher definition to uh, to be able to make the to hit the rhythms or was it easier in lower definition? Uh, no, it's definitely easier with the, the higher definition and frame mm-hmm. rates simply because uh, before uh, for timing, um, it was uh, machine based internally, meaning that the timing is based uh, in something that you can't see. Mm hmm. 
but now it's it's uh, heavily tied to frame data, so it's it's a lot easier to to time your your steps and understand the the mechanics of it. Even though um, it's still different from song to song, mm-hmm. like old songs, it's harder to time. New songs are a little bit easier, although sometimes it's a little uh, wonky. Sure, so sure. That's definitely some, yeah, so that's definitely something to, to consider when you, when you start playing and, and trying to perfect your scores. Okay. So uh, some I, someone asked in chat, uh, I normally I hold off on my chat questions, but I feel like this is a short enough question. Uh, does OSU count as a rhythm game is the question from chat. OSU unfortunately does. Unfortunately. Uh, oh, I hear some bias yeah. in there. <laughs> well, I mean... Osu is a you know a computer program that allows you to play uh, music games uh, in the comfort on your home. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that Osu heavily relies on using assets and you know ideas from other games, right? While not really crediting the other games. So uh, most people that know Osu don't really like it in the sense that it's it's it steals a lot of its content oh but as but uh to start you know it's okay to like kind of get a feel for certain things but uh to practice on it i really would not recommend uh using osu to to perfect your timing skills and whatnot fair enough so timing seems to be a common question um i when i was speaking with uh general andrews last week uh we were talking about speed running and how important timing is uh, for speedrunning, especially if you're trying to get the frame-perfect glitches. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess, and, and I've clearly, timing would be important in rhythm games as well. Uh, I mean, you can't, it's like a song. You can't just go hit a cowbell all willy-nilly, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but th- I guess, obviously timing is important but what what else would you deem as very important in rhythm games uh i mean the most important thing is definitely just practice Mm -hmm. because you have to build up the strength and the muscle memory to do some of these harder songs Mm -hmm. uh i mean we have you know very local u.s uh champions like chris uh who in his first uh outing to Japan for the tournament he outscored the other two uh players by a large margin wow. enough so that he won the whole thing even though he was at a deficit in the the last two rounds wow that's impressive okay and so they they must have huge competitions for this uh for DDR then because of the fact that it's uh such a huge cultural passing phenomenon oh yeah i mean ever since this new version came out in the u.s uh since uh ddra was the the more recent uh game to gain support sure um there have been a lot more tournaments popping up around the u.s Mm -hmm. um i mean just this year alone the past two big events were uh the big deal which is a tournament in grapevine texas okay uh, and Mistake on the Lake, which just happened actually like last week on May 4th in uh, Mentor, Ohio. Okay. So, yeah, we still have a lot of competitions going on. And I think um, the biggest one before that was definitely uh, DDR Storm, 
which took place uh, at CEO, which is normally a fighting game tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Alex J. Bailey, the the organizer for CEO, uh, reached out to the DDR to the DDR community and asked, "Hey, um, would you guys be interested in hosting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a DDR tournament at our venue?" And you know, after talking with everyone with the community, they decided that yeah, we should bring it back. Because DDR Storm is actually one of the longest-running DDR tournaments in Florida. And so the year before that, um, the original organizer for Storm uh, decided to take a hiatus and kind of just not do Storm that year. Okay. And so there was this void that that appeared. But um, the following year, with with Jabali's help and all of uh, the people that helped organize Storm... Um, brought it back and you know it for turnout it was one of the biggest uh tournaments uh at ceo uh not the you know obviously not gonna it's not gonna be uh street fighter 5 or something but mm-hmm. it still uh caught jabali's attention that enough so that he brought it back for this year okay so uh actually speaking of attention um you mentioned that there is a couple of uh there's a key thing to note here for the 2010 Konami press conference at E3. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, you said you'll for all it's known for all the wrong reasons, and I can't not bring it up. I mean, if you yeah. said it's known for all the wrong reasons, I mean, so what? What is it? I mean, the fact that it's making history that should be an indicator still of how relevant yeah. this game is. Yeah, I mean, I uh, in terms of uh, rhythm games, that was the year that uh, Konami announced um, Dance of uh, Oh wow, what was the name of the U.S. version? Well, uh, in Japan, it was known as Dance Evolution, mm-hmm. which is a dance game that uses a Kinect camera to track your movements. Ooh, so it's it's more rely on actual dance than DDR, which just focuses on your feet to press right. buttons. Right. But um, in that year, uh, Naoki Maeda, uh, he was uh, a lead sound uh, developer for Konami mm-hmm. at the time. Very well known within the DDR community, just because he made so many songs within the series. Right. Um, but uh, during that conference, he came out with some American guy, and he was very, very excited about uh, revealing this game <laughs> at the conference. But through his broken English... Uh, the nonchalant way that his host was was talking about it, and everything surrounding the entire um, Konami conference, just kind of uh, elevated the the entire experience from curiosity to just a complete train wreck. Oof. And I mean, the entire conference gave so many memes, like Tak Fuji talking about his Ninety Nine Nights Two game, right? Uh you know, with, you know, one million troops. And <laughs> it's, 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 it definitely, you know, left the mark enough that we just keep talking about it. It's still my favorite conference to this day, even more so than anything that Nintendo put out with Reggie. I so. mean, especially, it's a train wreck of a conference. I mean, I think that arguably Ninja and the New Year's Eve gaff. 
is going mm-hmm. to be remembered oh yeah most for definitely quite some time even though <laughs> even though you know uh uh we've had we had what mariah carey the year before and she was mm-hmm. just atrocious nah nobody's talking about her anymore it's all about no, no one cares about mariah carey no, it's the ninja gaff because ninja is relevant. He is the mm-hmm. so. Uh, who are some key? I guess that's another thing. So, who are some key uh, players? I, I guess of rhythm games. It doesn't have to be DDR exclusive. It could be uh, whether you want to talk about like Guitar Hero or something like that. So, who are some uh, famous players? If uh, you know, funny any. you mentioned. Yeah, no, funny you mentioned Guitar Hero because uh, Chris Chike was also known to be a Guitar Hero champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he held uh, the highest score ever in Guitar Hero 3, uh, and, and that's a record in the Guinness Book. Okay. Um, old school, um, there's this one DDR player called Yasu, mm-hmm. who had a lot of mysticism surrounding him. He was actually the first uh, player to get a perfect score on Max 300 mm-hmm. with his uh, famous... Well, now famous uh, picture of him posing in front of his, the the monitor with the triple A score. Oh man, okay, that so that's yeah. him. I have seen that around. I didn't know who that was or what that was referencing, but I've yeah. seen that picture. Yeah, Yasu was. I mean, he's still known, but um, mm-hmm. the person that took that picture was a guy. Well, is a guy named uh, Aaron Tokonoga, who is better known as Aaron in Japan. Okay. Um, I think his website is still up, but definitely he helped um, the West, uh, you know, understand DDR more, you know, bridge the gap between the two countries. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002 era of the internet where, you know, you didn't have YouTube. You didn't have all these sources where you can just look people up. Right. You know, and, and see people play. And, you know, he's he's still active within, you know, the music game community. He helps out with uh, Konami from time to time. He gives us the dirty beats. <laughs> um, I know, like, last year he mentioned that he found an interview with one of the developers of DDR around the time of, um, I want to say, Extreme. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that uh, a lot of the songs now... Uh, especially the harder songs, they have the bar in mind. Um, in DDR, there's a bar in the back that you can hold on to right. while you're playing uh, or well, just to keep you from falling. Uh, but there was a debate within the U.S. about whether using the bar was considered cheating or not. Mm-hmm. And it's it was ra- it's still raging to this day, even though most people agree that the bar is is generally good to use. But um, Aaron found an interview with one of the developers saying that, yeah, no, a lot of these uh, step charts have the bar in mind. So if it's hard, use the bar and people can play it. Right. So that and it and that still didn't put the, the debate to rest. Some people still bring it up saying, oh, the bar is cheating. So what do you, you know? think? Do you think the bar is cheating? No, of course not. OK. You know, Chris uses it. The top players use it. You know, so anyone can use the bar if they need to, especially if you're starting out. Because you're not, you're probably not going to have the best coordination when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, hold on to that so you don't uh, embarrass yourself. 
by falling flat on your face. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, if I were to try starting DDR, like, I would definitely need the bar because I know my clumsy ass is going to need a little bit of extra help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the other tip I would give in playing DDR, don't stay in the middle. Because uh, hmm. most people uh, would just, you know, press left and then go back in the middle. And right. That kind of throws you off simply because you have to focus going back to the middle. Um, if you step on an arrow, you can stay on it. There's no penalty to stay on the arrow usually. Mm-hmm. So you can press left, stay on it, use your other foot, and then definitely use that to, to keep your balance while you're playing. Okay. So, um... I have a couple of chat questions here. Uh, So let me see here. I have my mods uh, posting them for me right now as we speak. Okay, so first question. Uh, What do you think of playing DDR with a remote versus the dance pad? Is there sort of elitism where one is better than the two? Uh, So that comes from Resident. uh, Resident Nemesis asks that. Um, Well, uh, you know, using the, the, you know, a DualShock controller or uh, any non, you know, using any traditional controller as opposed to using the original hardware mm-hmm. it's not really uh it's not really contested simply because most competitions involve using the arcade machines so you know just on a technical level it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. um especially there's since there's really no online scoring for for ddr in, in console versions right um but you know using a regular controller over in other games like say Tyco or or you know what have you um it's still kind of iffy um but again you know that's why the arcade versions exist you know if you want to show off your skills on that you just go mm-hmm. and you have fun there right okay uh so i mean i will admit uh i do like with guitar hero i always liked using the controller better than the guitar i yeah, that's- that was That's me. personal preference, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if that allows you to enjoy the game, then, you know, more power to you. You know, and I like that. That's something that uh, you and General Andrews share. It was that power of uh, being inclusive instead of being exclusive, you know. So um, that's definitely something that I admire. So uh, the next question here is from Turvospin. Uh, she asks... Would you classify Just Dance as its own unique variety of rhythm game? Um, no. I mean, at its core, it's still a rhythm game. Uh, you know, its its mechanics share a lot with uh, Dance Evolution in the sense that, uh, you know, you still kind of do the dance moves. Uh, you just have to be in certain poses at key times which is very similar to DDR. You know, you just have to have your foot in the right spot mm-hmm. during the songs. Um, you know, it, the only difference is it's just a, the controller interface. You know, you're using a Wii remote or a move controller to to let the game know what you're doing. So right. it, it's definitely not its own game. It's, it's still a rhythm game. It's a dance uh, rhythm game because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a bunch of other rhythm games that don't involve dancing. But it's still at its core. It's it's a dance rhythm. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I, I always like Just Dance, and I felt the same way. I mean, it's it's like when we saw, what was it, Michael Jackson had his own, the Michael Jackson experience. Like, oh, yeah. You remember when that came out? Like, I mean, I feel like it's sort of in the same alleyway, I feel. So, uh, but the next question we have is, what do you think killed guitar slash band games? Will there ever be, ever be a revival revival of it? And that was asked by Kahan Kuko. Well, um, this is very more specific to the U.S. Uh, you know, as you know, uh, when Guitar Hero came out, it pretty much caused an explosion of interest in music games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when that came out, it came with a guitar controller. It was a very novel idea for the U.S. at the time. I mean, you know, Japan has a plethora of games that involve controllers especially guitars Mm -hmm. like you know konami came out with guitar freaks that had its own controller but uh to the question um after a while you know with you know uh harmonics just you know pumping out these games Mm -hmm. and when they split off to create rock band and um uh was it was it neversoft that picked up uh the guitar hero franchise i think you're right i think it was yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, they kept releasing games, and so each time they released a new game, they released more peripherals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when Guitar Hero made the jump from 3 to uh, Rock Band, it gave us more peripherals to, to worry about. So you're not just doing uh, control, uh, guitar control, you have to worry about the drums, microphones, mm-hmm. uh, and then Guitar Hero followed suit with their own, you know, with uh, Band Hero. With right. more drums and more guitar controllers and more microphones. Right. And so it just it just got to the point where uh people just couldn't keep up with buying all these peripherals and stores were not happy with the inventory because those boxes were huge. I remember. And, I remember. And so, you know, as we all know about retail and selling, you know, it's all about location and the limited amount of space that they have on the floor to sell these games. Right, and especially and, if the demand is not depleting their supply, you know, right. Exactly. So that's why around the time, you know, Band Hero came out, no one wanted that. So immediately they went to, you know, like those uh, wholesale retailers. Right. And it was really cheap to get new controllers, but at that point, uh, it wasn't profitable to to create these games. So it kind of lulled a little bit, uh, but, you know... A little more recently, you know, it tried to pick up again with a new Guitar Hero and a new Rock Band 4, but it definitely didn't uh, reach the the height of of before. Right. So as far as another revival, I don't think it'll happen, but, you know, there's still interest in it. You know, we still have um, Clone Hero being popular on Twitch, mm-hmm. and, you know, right now, uh, you know, there's that Twitch uh, karaoke thing that they have. Right, Twitch Sings. That- Titch things, yeah, which is still fun to watch. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's it very rooted in 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 you know karaoke revolution and and you know guitar hero and uh, rock band with the vocals, right? You know, karaoke is still you know a very uh, uh, universal uh, pastime, and so that's going to be still be popular. Nice. Okay, uh, we actually just got another question pop up in the channel here. 
Um, there was a game called Rhythm Haven. This is from Erkman Three Stacks. Uh, there was mm. a game called Rhythm Haven or Heaven. It was out around 2008 or nine, and it didn't sell well. Do you think it didn't do great because it was mobile or something else? It was on the DS. Uh, oh, the Rhythm Heaven series uh, is a great series, by the way. If anyone has a chance to pick up a copy for the DS or even the Wii version, which uh, was called Rhythm Heaven Fever, mm-hmm. those are all fun games. Um, as far as it not doing well in the U.S., um, it was mostly because it just didn't have the marketing. Okay. Uh, so, but I mean, as far as games, as the game itself is concerned, they're very solid games, and definitely very you know rhythm reliant, as the name suggests. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game, the games are fun. Uh, but it just didn't sell well, just just because it didn't have enough of a push from the publishers in the u.s mm-hmm. but it's still popular in japan like there's an arcade version of rhythm heaven in japan nice so i guess yes. it's just a u.s thing it was just a u.s not knowing how to market at the time which is weird yeah. because you would think that the u.s is like the king of marketing but i i think it's it's just more to do with um them not knowing how to sell it fair because uh, it's it's a really quirky game. Like it's it's all like little mini games based around music, and some of the rhythm games are very very niche. Like there's this one called um, uh, Choir Trio, mm-hmm. where it's you have to tap to make your third choir boy sing in rhythm. Okay. So you have the three choir boys, and then the first one will start singing. And then a beat later, the second one starts singing, and then you have to time it on the third one. Right. And that it's a little, you know, it's it's a little straightforward, but it's still weird. Mm-hmm. But then you also have a rhythm game where you have to control these seals as they're flopping around to the rhythm. So it's it's it's. I guess they just couldn't figure out how to market it, and they just released it without much fan. But I mean, wouldn't you argue that that game is similar to like something uh, like uh, WarioWare? I mean, I don't know if you ever got around to playing yeah. WarioWare. Oh but... yeah, yeah, no, WarioWare is popular just because it has Nintendo behind it, a hundred percent. Oh, okay, because I mean, it sounds from what you've described it, it sounds like those games are essentially one and the same. Yeah, it's it's very similar, and it's it's like just little mini games, but um, where WarioWare focuses on very very small mini games played throughout long. Uh, Rhythm Heaven just focuses on one scene or one instance, and you linger on that throughout the song. Mm-hmm. And then once you go through a set, then at the very end, you play what's called the remix, mm-hmm. which uh, jumps back and forth between the previous ones to create like a story in the song. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we... Actually, oh, we have. I, I'm enjoying that we're having all these questions pop up in chat. So uh, yeah. we have another one from Kuko who says, "Do you like the? Oh God, I'm sorry, I'm gonna butcher this name. Oenden, Oenden, Oendon, Oendon. Okay, games yes. that. Yes, he asked if you yes, like I, those. Oh yeah, I do love that that series. Um, funnily enough, that's what um, Osu took its inspiration from. Oh. Because because the entire title name of the game is called Osu Tatakai Owendan. No shit. Okay. Yep. 
So that's where you can kind of see why I was saying that Osu really kind of takes everything from other games. Yeah, no shit. I didn't know that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Because, like, I actually liked Osu, and I saw it at TwitchCon, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And, like, you know, I never had any problems with it, but now I have a problem with it. I didn't know (laughs) I had a problem with it until you told me I should have a problem with it. Although I guess that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's you never find out something's problematic until after the fact. <laughs> but I mean, as as far as problems go, Osu is not terrible. Like it's just the the biggest thing is just they they allow you to upload songs and stuff mm-hmm. uh to play and they don't regulate that as much as they should. So they wait until they get a cease and desist from, you know, the publishers to say, "Hey, don't put those songs." On. That's Awkward. Not nice. I mean, I'm sure yeah, they're used to the cease and desist by now. It's kind of similar to uh, YouTubers, right? Yeah, so. I mean, they're still around, so they, they're doing something. <laughs> awesome. But, uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, in terms of uh, Owendon, it's a DS game. Well, it's three DS games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the first game, which is Owendon. The second game, which is a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just Owendon 2. And then there's the US version called Elite Beat Agents. I have heard and this. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you've if you've seen anything about it, it's that one is they okay, so Elite Beat Agents is one of those um uh what is it? Uh examples where localization helps. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, because in a Wendon it's all about, you know, these cheer squads that they get behind you and they cheer and they rally mm-hmm. doing whatever you're doing. Elite agents change that because the U.S. doesn't know about that culture. Mm-hmm. So instead, they just turn the cheerleaders into agents. And America knows about agents because, you know, the FBI and Secret Service. So through that, they're able to change it, but keep the mechanics because the gameplay is still the same. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were able to figure out a way to let the audience connect with it that way and also change the songs because in... in when done, it's all, you know, top 10 pop, J-pop songs and whatnot. In the U.S., it's, you know, popular songs in the U.S. Sure. So, you know, it's just a little weird when, um, you know, you hear some of these, like, old, you know, like, they had uh, September as one of the songs mm-hmm. in, in Elite Beat Agents. By Earth, and Wind, like, and Fire? Yes. Okay. And you're like, man, this is so weird. But, you know, it's still the same gameplay. And you recognize the songs. Right. So it's it's very fun to get into that way. Right. And I know that the definitely uh, the Japanese culture, I'll say specifically, uh, are more embracing of these rhythm games, like kind of how you briefly mentioned that Japan had already had like all of the guitars and stuff like that for quite some time prior to the U.S. ever even uh, bringing it over here. Um, and so with the... Uh, do you think that there's ever a chance for it to ever be as big here as it is in Japan? Or do you think that it's Japan's just going to always have that corner of the market? Well, um, the biggest hurdle about it in the U.S. is money. 100%. Because, you know, we don't have that many uh, arcades now. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. Um, we are just now getting more arcades now in the U.S., Thanks to Japan, actually, um, through this company called Round One. Um, they're an arcade ops. They specialize in uh, bowling alleys mm-hmm. on top of everything else. 
and you know they've been coming to the u.s opening up uh store uh, well like you know entertainment centers uh throughout the years mm-hmm. and it's they're bringing in all these japanese arcades that never saw the light a day before in the u.s um very recently uh all round one locations in the u.s had uh konami's most recent music game called dance rush stardom mm-hmm. and that's you know it's it's mm, it's in the line of you know ddr where you know it's it's dance based mm-hmm. but it's a different style it's a different interface the machine looks absolutely bonkers when you first look at it mm-hmm. because it's just the there's the platform there's no buttons it's all one solid platform with led lights underneath mm-hmm and it's just it pops and you know round one was instrumental in getting that here in the u.s at the same well not at the same time but very close to the japanese release Mm -hmm. and since that's been doing really well uh i feel like uh they can take more of a chance with other games uh in that similar fashion but before that we only had dave and busters and gameworks Mm -hmm. which you know it's going out now um, but even then, uh, Dave and Buster's has been doing well for that because they're the ones that brought DDR Ace into the U.S. with fifty machines spread around the the country. Uh, there's one in Orlando. There's a few in in Georgia, and you know, spread out across, and that helped uh, DDR become popular. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess. You kind of mentioned that, like, the only reason that you felt that Nintendo, or I'm sorry, that WarioWare got as big as it did is because of Nintendo's backing on it. Um, so mm-hmm. another question that comes through chat is, what do you think about uh, Donkey Kong Bongo or Donkey Kong Jungle Beat? Um, oh, yeah, the one with yeah. the con- with the bongos. Yeah, Donkey Konga. Um, it's okay. Donkey Kong was actually um, produced by Namco. Which is the same company that made uh, Taiko no Tatsujin. Mm-hmm. So it's it borrows the same elements of you know in terms of like uh, gameplay and whatnot. Um, but Donkey Konga itself is a fun game. Uh, it it just had a library of you know songs from Donkey Kong, Nintendo in general, right? Um, but the problem with it is that to play it, you had to use a bongo controller, right? And you know, slapping that, you know, hard plastic controller and also clapping. Clapping is a mechanic in that game, too. Oh, okay. Because it has, a, it has a microphone right in the controller. And so one of the notes is like an explosion note that looks like an explosion. And you're supposed to clap to that. So, you know, playing the bongos, clapping your hands, you know, it gets, it really wears down your hands after a while. Mm-hmm. So... It's fun, but it it didn't survive as long just because it's very, it's it it, it gives you very sore hands. Yeah, and I guess if eventually, if you keep touching the hot burner, you're gonna stop touching the hot hot burner. So yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But mm-hmm. okay, cool. So I think that pretty much sort of wraps us all up here. Um, so I guess the next thing. We've talked about. Uh, let's see. We've talked in in detail on ddr and the history behind it we've talked a little bit about um the other different types of rhythm games i guess uh my final question is if somebody were to come to you today like i call it the elevator pitch 
Um, so if somebody were to come to you and like you are on the sixth floor in an elevator and you're going down and they're saying, listen, I know you know a lot about rhythm games. What are five things that I would need to know to get started to play rhythm games? What are five things to always like so you never so that they never lose the passion or that they never lose the interest in rhythm games? Like what's five things that they always need to remember? Uh, all right. Well, the first thing they need to know is uh, if they have a local arcade that has any of these machines, you know, if they have a DDR machine or, you know, pump it up, which mm-hmm. is the Korean equivalent, uh, anything that, that they can they can find and, and latch on to and go to and support and play constantly. Um, second thing is uh, work up your you know, conversational skills. Because there's going to be people that are going to stare at you while you're playing, mm-hmm. or there's going to be people that are better than you that that you know have this wealth of knowledge that you can tap into. Mm-hmm. So you know, being able to talk to the other players uh, will help in in uh, getting your skills up. Uh, third thing is um, go online. Look at videos, look at other people, how they play, mm-hmm. you know, be in all at, you know, Chris, uh, you know, getting a top score and in Egoism 440, which is currently the hardest song in, <laughs> in DDR. As far as I can remember, there actually, you know, there's like one more, but it's difficult only because it's, it's gimmicky. Okay. Um, but still, you know, look at, you know, the top players, watch how they play um get an idea of you know the different play styles that you can do Mm -hmm. um fourth um just listen to the music in your off time uh because that helps with uh familiarizing yourself with um how the patterns go that's actually Uh, really good advice i wouldn't have thought of that okay so listen to your music in the off time and really become uh, familiar yeah yes because uh you know most of the time, especially in harder songs, the arrows will go with the music. So if you know how the song goes, mm-hmm. like how fast it goes, if it slows down, if it if it suddenly stops, things like that, that'll let you keep that in your mind fresh. Right. Um, and lastly, um, just keep practicing. You know, just ignore anyone that, you know, makes fun of you or jeers at you while you're playing, even though it can be hard at times. Um, I know when they were doing the qualifiers for for the last tournament, um, Chris was having issues with a lot of the the patrons mm-hmm. at his local Dave and Buster's simply because they would, you know, they'd be yelling or they'd be in front of him or even like walking in front of him. Mm-hmm. And you know, it sometimes it it gets it it got in his nerves. You know, he ranted about that, like he popped off. But um, you know, that should you know let you be comforted in the fact that even top players get frustrated with things and you know if you're frustrated it's okay to vent you know let it out and then just keep playing right uh sorry we actually just got raided right in the middle of that so i needed to acknowledge and say hello to everybody that just came in hi everyone from Mm -hmm. rob switch's raid and from the swamp we are currently filming the Today I Learned podcast episode. This is episode two. We have Mecha Guy here with us. We're actually just about to wrap it up. But 
Um, so Mecha Guy, I guess we have another question, and then I want you to tell me about where we can find you. This is going to be your little self promo okay. bit after this. So, final question: uh, What is what is one rhythm game that you played that gave you the most satisfaction completing? And also, is it your favorite rhythm game? That part was me, but the other one was Erkman. Uh, I mean, the game that I'm playing the most right now, uh, music game wise, is Taiko no Tetsujin. Um, that one I got into way back, like, 15 years ago, roughly, mm -hmm. when the US version came out on the PS2, and I saw that on the shelf, I immediately recognized what it was, like, in terms of, like, you know, oh, it's a music game, it's got a peripheral, oh, it's only, like, 50 bucks, yeah, I'll get it. Right. And, you know, I grabbed that, I was instantly hooked with the music, um... You know, I played the U.S. version, so it had all those weird, you know, U.S. licenses, like the the English version of the Dragon Ball theme. Mm -hmm. It had Rock the Dragon. It had the Jimmy Neutron theme. Um, uh... But it also had, you know, all the Namco original songs that Namco made for the game. Mm -hmm. And I recognize some of them because, oh, wait, that's the Ridge Razor song. Oh, wait, that's, you know, from Soul Calibur. And, you know, as I, you know delve deeper into that i found the japanese versions for the ps2 i imported those i played those to you know to hell and back and then after a while i just kind of stopped only because it went over to the wii and that was really expensive to import the controller for so i didn't really get to play that but recently uh they came out with a switch version and a ps4 version um in december last year and so anyone that wants to get into that game, they totally can. Uh, I know the PS4 version uh, goes on sale from time to time, uh, but it's $50 right now, I think. And mm -hmm. when it goes on sale, it's 25 And whenever it goes on sale, I let everyone know because if you can get it on sale, you can use the money you save to get some of the, the DLC songs. And those songs are great because they added the theme song from Cells uh, at Work. Uh, high score girl which you know featured a lot of right old arcade games and whatnot and some of those those games uh the songs are in taiko already plus so with the cells at work hitting into the anime market like oh my god listen yeah. <laughs> coming from a weeb i can yeah. say if <laughs> they would be people flocking like oh my god don't even get me started i i Squeed when I heard Fruits Basket was going to get a revamp, and I'm sure if if Fruits Basket got put into any of these rhythm games, I would still squee and probably spend the 99 cents to get it. So I fully understand where you're coming from on how the DLC is probably worth it. It, it is. It most definitely is. Uh, in the U.S. version, there's no uh, packages like it does in Asia and uh, Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, but the benefit is that you can it's a la carte so if there's something you don't like you don't have to buy it but all the songs are $1.49 for DLC mm -hmm. the game itself already has a bunch of songs uh, so for 25 bucks, it's a good game on the PS4 fair enough go. Good to know. Well, Mecha Guy, thank you so much for having, for being here. I appreciate you so much. Um, so ready? where can we find you? I know you're on Twitter, so tell me about everything. Where Where can we find you at any given time? Because right. we're probably well, going to stalk you. Kidding. Yeah. All right, no, it's <laughs> fine. I already, already got a very small, dedicated fan base. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, um, you can find me at Twitter, uh, at MechaGuy. Um, 
you can follow my Twitch channel at MechaGuy. You can find me on uh, YouTube at MechaGuy. Uh, on YouTube, you can actually find a lot of my old uh, Taiko vids. Mm-hmm. Um, when I mean old, I mean like it's still like you know three sixty p. So <laughs> yeah, so expect low quality content on that. But you know. Good quality you, content doesn't yeah. need the highest resolution. Come on, you know that. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, with 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 music games are concerned, it's it kind of matters now. But I mean, <laughs> you can just look at them. Then you know, a lot of my videos are me just you know full combos on songs. So if mm-hmm. you see someone be pretty good at Tycho, you can look at those. Um, but anything else, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, whatever, you know. It's, all mecha guy i'm very easy to find uh if you want to talk more about rhythm games definitely hit me up i will point you to certain discord servers and things like that so you can get in contact with the community at large um and then i definitely have to plug uh ddr storm at ceo 2019 nice uh if you are very big into fighting games rhythm games or even wrestling I know they're doing a, a wrestling show again this year Ooh. at CEO. So there's definitely a lot of, of things to do. Uh, it's in Daytona this year again, in Daytona Beach. Okay. Uh, you can find it online. Just look up CEO. If you don't know CEO, but you know Alex Jabaley, uh, shame on you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where everything comes from in terms of, you know, debated face and all that. Mm-hmm. But definitely give it a shot if you can go. If you're local in Florida, hit it up. If you're competitive, definitely hit it up. It's a very good tournament for anything there. Um, I know they're going to do Samurai Showdown there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a main tournament, but they're going to have it there just because it's brand new. Right. But um, the biggest thing for, at least for rhythm games, um, Tokyo Attack uh, is a company that um, is headed by Anthony Capobianco. He has a bunch of arcade games that he brings around conventions. And if you want to get your hands on any of these games that I'm talking about, or even other weird Japanese games, he has them. And he'll take them to a con. And if you pay the admission to the con, all the games are in free play. You don't have to worry about putting tokens or swiping your card or anything like that. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, he has DDR, he has Tycho, he has Dance Evolution, he has Initial D. He just bought a bunch of games right now that that are unheard of to have as, you know, a private owner. He bought a Dance Rush Stardom Machine, mm-hmm. which is going to be at CEO. So if you want to try that, if you want to try any of those games, definitely find Tokyo Attack at your local con and have fun. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much, Mecha Guy. Uh, like I said, we have his link in our chat right now for the Twitch. If you would go give him a follow, he's lovely. I am actually, I know you can't see right now, but I am wearing a UCF Knights shirt for you just because nice. go Knights. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much, Mecha Guy. I greatly appreciate you being here. Um, go follow him. Go do the thing. He's wonderful and he's lovely. And, you know, the Twitter and the Twitch and all of it. And like, dude, he actually plays DDR. And uh, I'm going to butcher the name. I'm sorry. Taiko no Tatsujin. 
tattoo genius. Yeah, That's not too bad. Not my too weep, bad. my weep side shows through. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we are going to take a brief break here. We're going to take a couple minutes um, and we will be back for Twitch Things. But thank you again, Mecha Guy. I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful evening and uh, I look forward to seeing you around soon. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.